my name is Billy Ivory, and I am the writer of The Great Escaper, which is the new movie starring Michael Caine, the late Glenda Jackson and Johnny Standing. And it is significant to the RNLI in that the two lead characters bequeathed their entire estate to the RNLI at the time of their passing. Bernie Jordan, or Bernard Jordan, and, and Irene, known Rini, his wife, after the war was a, was a pillar of the sort of Brighton community, uh, church warden, involved in lots of charities, involved uh, with the RNLI, and his wife, Rini, was his, was his constant companion and his, his kind of his right hand. He lived out his years uh, in Brighton with, with Rini. But the film very much focuses on those latter years, but it also harks back to the time when Bernie and Rini first met, which was during the Second World War. Bernie was a, was a Sparks, was an electrician on um, one of the bigger landing craft, the ones that used to take the tanks in, that, 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 that took the tanks into the Dunkirk beach, beaches. And uh, the film is about his experiences on the landing craft, the D-Day invasion, and and about his attempt to go back to the 70th anniversary in France when he was 89 years old. The film's called The Great Escaper because Bernie uh, inquired about going on a trip, obviously, you know, in his late 80s, uh, going on an organized trip to France uh, to the to the uh, services on the beach, and was told that all the trips were f were full up, and he'd have to stay and commemorate the events on the beaches at Brighton. And at the last second, having agreed to do that, at the last second, Bernie decided, stuff it. He was going to make a go for for France on his own. So he set off to travel from his old folks' home where he'd he'd recently moved in with Rini. Rini had been in the in the home for a little while because she her health was failing and she needed around the clock nursing. So Bernie had finally sold the the, the the family home, which which actually Rini didn't want him to do really. She wanted him to keep his independence, but he couldn't bear being apart from her. So he had decided as the as the occasion drew near the the, the D-Day anniversary that he had to be there. And so he was going to make his own way. So basically, he absconded from the home and uh, made his own way to France. And, and there was much consternation because nobody knew where he'd gone. Nobody really knew, apart from Rini, what his plans were. Uh, and she, by all accounts, kind of kept her knowledge quite close to her chest to start with because she didn't want them to sort of haul him back and say, look, you're too old to be doing this. You need to just, you know, act age appropriately. To start with, she didn't say anything really other than, well, he's gone out. And then they started to panic because he was of an age and Brighton's by the sea, as we all know. He finally rocked up in France. And, and this, is the, this is the heart of the film, but it's kind of really what the film's about is, is why he had to make that journey. There was unfinished business. And, and you know, I wrote, I was interested in writing this film because my father flew with, Bomber Command in the Second World War with, with 50 Squadron out of Skellingthorpe in Lincolnshire. And as a boy, I grew up with the Bomber War around all the time. 
you know, we used to joke about it when 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 we were in a you know we had an old Ford Corsair, I remember, and occasionally if it was late at night, my dad would, and we'd be on the A1. He used to slow the car right down. <laughs> Couldn't do it now. And he used to say, right, we're at the end of the runway. Let's let's, let's gun all four engines. He was a navigator, actually, my dad. And um, and and we used to pretend, you know, we were thundering down the runway. And but actually, what I realised was, as I got older, was that it was a kind of comic book. It was a comic book rendering of the war. And my father's brother was shot down and killed. Uh, my uncle Lawrence on a raid to Essen. And my dad, six weeks before he died started to talk about the war and what became apparent in terms of bernie's story to me at least anyway certainly was that this is actually a man who's rather like my father is coming to the end of days and all the things that had been a part of the the structure and the fabric of his life with his wife you know who who, who he'd been with loved adored all these years their relationship is unconsummated, ultimately. And that's why he needs to make the journey to France, because he has to lay to rest certain memories, certain truths, before he can be completely at one with his wife. So it's, and it's, it's, a, it's a love story. The whole film is a love story, but it's set across 70 years. And it's about the 70 year consummation of a marriage. There are three main characters. There's there's Michael Caine, John Standing, and the late, great Glenda Jackson. And Glenda, as she was, bless her, was in her late 80s. Johnny is 90, the same age as Michael. They, they remember the war, you know? And um, they... It, it, it was weird because... I've, you know, so many of my favorite, my, probably one of my two, second or third favorite film is Get Carter with, with Michael in. And, and so suddenly you've got this guy who, who, who isn't this person you've been spending all your days with for, for a couple of years. Um, and, and that's very odd. But, but also with, in, in his case, and with a cast like that, it was so exciting. And I've never been involved in a film in which um, it's been made with with such love. It just felt really good. It felt like you don't always, you know, certainly as, a, as somebody involved in the arts, you don't always feel like you know you're not you're not transplanting hearts. You're not, you know, you're not doing you're not a care worker and um, you know in the NHS and you're not in the RNLI. You know, you're, you're kind of you're making things up for a living. And it was one of those rare occasions where it felt really good and it felt quite important. Bernie, well, both of them, actually, there was a real sense that they had, I think, survived something. And towards the end of their lives, uh, you know, there's very much one of the themes of the film is, you know, there's a war we all fight as we get older and uh, irrespective of of, of kind of international conflicts. But but the very the very process of getting old and infirm is a battle and and you have to be brave to um, endure it. And. And they endured it well, and they were, you know, they were funny and, as I say, robust till the end. And I think that that in that in terms of the 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 the, the, the will and what they bequeathed, uh, I'm not a bit surprised because I think that they they felt as survivors they had a duty to give back as much as they could 
they both survived the war. And I think in terms of what they bequeathed to the RNLI, I think it makes, in a sense, it makes complete sense because the fact that, you know, Bernie was in the Navy, you know, he was, he was, he was leading seamen, um, you know, Bernard Jordan, and he was very proud of that. And I think that therefore it makes complete sense that at the end of their lives, that they would, with what they had left, they, and having served, they choose to pass on what they had to others who serve. Bernie passed all that he had uh, onto Rini. And then Rini, when she died, bequeathed all of their estate in its entirety to the RNLI at a value of, uh, I think, somewhere up, up towards £600,000. So it's a huge amount of money. Um, and it was all, everything was bequeathed to the RNLI. And I think because uh, they they, they recognised the value of, 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 and the service uh, that was given by the institution and, and they wanted to support that. Hello, this is Ruth Jones. You've been listening to the RNLI's 200 Voices Collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 voices or subscribe to RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.